Welcome to Trish and Evie's Focus on the Facts. Today, we'll start the show with Trish covering the latest developments in the world news and giving us the latest updates on the current attempted U.S. coup in Venezuela and the U.S.-funded wars in the Middle East and in Syria. Next, we will discuss the methods of genocide taking place across the United States right now, starting with the new abortion law in New York that allows babies to be murdered right up to the time of birth. And next, we will discuss the forced vaccinations of children, the toxic drinking water all over the country, and the GMO foods and pesticides poisoning us all. So I'll bring Trish on now, and we'll start the show with the most important world news. Welcome to the show, Trish. Hi, Evelyn. I, Hi. You mentioned the uh, Venezuelan coup. I mean, how many times are we going to see this whole scene play out? It's the same process that was used in Syria and Libya, the Ukraine, I mean, no matter where we go, it seems to be the same story. And, of course, it turns out that Venezuela has some of the world's largest oil reserves as well as some of the world's largest gold reserves. And these are the same motives that have brought us into all of these other wars for profit across the Mideast in Syria and Libya where and Iraq, all of these countries where, you know, the billionaires are stealing the resources for their own benefit using, uh, you know, the threat of socialism or terrorism or whatever boogeyman they create to justify it. So in Venezuela, we are seeing the effects of economic sanctions against the country take hold. And it is, it, the, this is a war on the Venezuela people, which is illegal. You are never, ever to punish the public in order to punish a um, set of leaders or leader. And, but that's what the U.S. does, and that's what they're doing in Venezuela. Well, at the same time that Mike Pompeo, when he was still head of the CIA in July 2017, announced that the CIA was opening an office in Venezuela specifically for the purposes of instituting uh, a coup d'etat. It also happened to be that Venezuela had stopped selling its oil in petrodollars which Venezuela is not the first and will no, by no means be the last country to start dropping the U.S. dollar. Well, this was, this was the throwing down of the gauntlet as far as the billionaires uh, who are driving our foreign policy uh, were concerned. So shortly thereafter, the Bank of England withheld and has, is refusing to return over a billion dollars worth of gold bullion. 
to Venezuela, claiming that they are fear the Maduro government will hoard it for itself. This was the same kind of nonsense we used in Libya um, to justify invading their country. The U.S. used its financial clearinghouse system, which at the time had a monopoly. So all financial transactions around the globe had to go through this system called SWIFT. And the U.S. and U.K. successfully used it to steal hundreds of billions of dollars from Gaddafi just prior to invading. Well, we're seeing the same kinds of things going on now in Venezuela, again, with the withholding of the bullion. And now the U.S. is moving to cut Venezuela off from access to its other financial resources. Well, Now, the U.S., along with, you know, a dozen or so of its allies and other puppet governments, have now announced that they recognize this man, Juan Guaido, who has never run for office and has no evidence of popular support as the interim president, as Maduro is set to begin his reelection term. So the U.N. Security Council held a vote on this and thankfully lost the vote to acknowledge the U.S. puppet as the current and legitimate president of uh, Venezuela. But thankfully, the public has really caught on to this uh, nonsense and immediately called out the um, obvious coup attempt by the U.S. on behalf of these billionaires um, to overthrow Maduro. This is not the first time the U.S. has done such a thing in Venezuela. We have a decades-long record of overthrowing any leader who dares to serve the public that elected him or her by utilizing the country's resources in ways that serve their own interests. And, you know, this denies these billionaires access to those very um, valuable resources, and they use us and our taxes and loved ones to do it. That's exactly what's going on in Venezuela. And one important note is that China, Russia... Iran, and all the key players on the world stage today are backing Venezuela. And this is very, very important. And it's an important difference going forward than what we've seen in the past, because China and Russia have now successfully tipped the scales away from the U.S. in terms of hegemony, not only by defying the U.S. in Syria and winning the war against the U.S., and its terrorist invasion in Syria. But China and Russia have successfully taken, you know, many important steps toward establishing an alternative to the petrodollar, which would be a gold-backed yuan, it looks like. Meanwhile, as they're doing this, they're getting all these other countries in that region to begin trading either in rubles or yuan and not petrodollars, which has been what's called the reserve currency, which means that's the currency most everybody uses for their trade. So if I'm 
Russia and I want to buy something from China, I take my rubles, buy dollars, use those dollars to pay China for those goods, and then China converts those dollars back into one to use domestically. Well, that gives the, you, the petrodollar artificial um, support in the marketplace, and it's lost that is what this is now, this spell. And by Venezuela having such vast oil reserves and not selling them in petrodollars, they chose to sell them in euro instead. This is a major blow to the petrodollar, which is the only thing that holds up Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia was was built on the petrodollar and the U.S.'s blood oath to maintain the status of that petrodollar based on Saudi oil reserves. Well, it also looks like Saudi oil reserves are dramatically lower than what was previously estimated. In fact, while some most of the public estimates are saying that the oil reserves will only last less than 10 years, the truth of the matter appears to be that they've only got maybe two years left of those reserves, really? which is the only thing behind the value of the U.S. petrodollar, which means the petrodollar is dead. So wow. this is a really important shift, and it's making it so that what's going on with Venezuela, the public the public outrage and opinion is very strongly against these Western interests and exposing the banker uh, interests that are driving all of this. And it's the same thing that's going on in France with the Gilets Jaunes and the Yellow Vest protests, where yet another activist was blinded by police who fired one of those flashballs at his eye. He has lost his right eye. He is only one of uh, more than a dozen who have been blinded. A half a dozen have been dismembered, their hands blown off by police, French police, and um, others disfigured because they've been shot in the head with these munitions, which are never to be used in this way. And there are uh, the rec- so far that I've seen, it's more than 80 protesters have been shot in the head by these munitions. Really? Yes. Wow. And um, they're, they're being disfigured by them. So it's yeah. these are deliberate attempts by these, whatever they are, they are clearly not legitimate police because more and more we're seeing these guys show up in jeans with these little armbands on that are clearly not um, the official gear that the other police we were seeing wear. And we have now documentation of them wielding things like sledgehammers. Like, what is a police officer doing with a sledgehammer in a crowd of unarmed, peaceful protesters, for heaven's sake? I mean, this is horrifying. These are the same kinds of injuries, too, that we see in Palestine and the Israeli military using against Palestinians, shooting them in the face, the eye, the knees, blowing off their hands. These are these are very, very similar and very, very disturbing, and none of it is getting mainstream coverage. So these are paid mercenaries. Really. That is clearly what they are, and they are no different than the ISIS terrorists that the, mm-hmm. the West backs in Syria, the neo-Nazis that the West backs in Ukraine. 
the MS-13 that the U.S. backs in the U.S. that run all the drug trade here. I mean, that's how this, that's exactly what they are. They are paid mercenaries, and they are there to brutally suppress this peaceful uprising against a, you know, a financial system of enslavement. And they, and that's right. the thing that scares these guys the most, by far. Macron is a Rothschilds banker. It is the Rothschilds, the Murdochs, the Rockefellers, you know, the Sheldon Adelsons. These are the billionaires who are behind all of this violence, all of it. And right. that they're getting really afraid that everyone is wise to that now. And that's, that's precisely what these Gilets Jaunes protests are focused on, is the banking system and the bankers who are behind it. Right, right. Because, because they initially came out and said they were just fighting against some gas tax, right? Right. <clears throat> but that, is, right. that isn't it. No. No, not at all. No. They're also making it you know, a lot of what the protesters are about is about the U.N. Migration Pact. That's another really, really important aspect for people to understand is that the U.N. Migration Pact is nothing more than state-sanctioned human trafficking. The vast right. majority of refugees, there are millions of them in Syria alone, want to go home. They do right. not want to go to Europe or the U.S. or Canada, but they are being blocked from returning home right now by U.S. and other Western forces. They're trapped in Syria, surrounded by terrorists, who and they can't get back to their communities. They are being forced to relocate by this U.N. migration pact for the purposes to serve the billionaires. They want cheap labor at their fingertips. They want to disrupt cultures across Europe, which is what they did here in the U.S. They destroyed the Native American culture. It's what they're doing in Palestine. They're trying to destroy the Palestinian culture. It's how they gain control of local communities is by ripping them apart and introducing all this forced migration. It is a very sinister program to further enslave the public. And it sounds outrageous, but that is exactly what it is. And that's why these protests are also being framed as racist, because they oppose the U.N. Migration Pact. How is it that there's all this money for for people who don't even want to come to these countries, yet there's not enough money for, for people to be able to feed their families to be paid a living wage so they can feed their families if they're working full time. I mean, the, the whole thing is just outrageous. And, and the other thing is that, you know, it's these Rothschild Murdoch interests that are behind what's going on in Syria. They are actively looting the oil from the Golan Heights for Genie Energy. And Genie Energy is controlled by Jacob Rothschild, who also controls the left side of the Western media with CNN and The Economist and MSNBC. Rupert Murdoch controls the right side with, you know, Fox News and Breitbart and all of those. They both are in control of Genie Energy. Of course, they're going to be feeding us a load, a steady stream of propaganda to convince us we need to be there. We, we are there to serve them only. And that is, they're lying to us about all of this. And these are the same families behind the rest of it it's right, like right. you know and a dozen of them six families are causing all of this misery around the world 
Yeah. Man. You know, and Mexico is, is behind Venezuela, too, right? Yes. Their new president yes. is firmly behind um, Venezuela. He is working to uh, more establish closer relations with Russia. He, it's really very smart because, you know, anyone who's allying with the U.S. at this point is dead meat. Even Saudi yep. Arabia has turned to Russia. Think about that. We signed a blood oath really? with Saudi Arabia to support the petrodollar. It is the entire basis upon which that country and monarchy are built, and yet they have turned to Russia. Yeah. Well, we are losing I think a lot of people have. On the oh, world absolutely. stage. <laughs> well, you know, when Putin says that the, the West is run by pedophiles, you know, and, and it's the truth. It is. You know, and, and it is I adore true. Putin. He's, you know, he's trying to end this. I adore him. Well, at least Trump ain't uh, in, as bad a liar as the rest of them. You know, they always hide these coups, you know, from us. We don't even know they're going on. You know, so he comes Trump, right but, out and says we're doing it. Trump, you know, Trump was one of the first people to come out. Trump is behind this coup. He solidly supports yeah. this coup in Venezuela. Right. Openly. Right. He just comes right out and says it. He don't care. We're going to steal yeah. their, their oil. Oh. It's horrifying. I don't know, this country, yes, it's hell. So much for it's sovereignty, hell. right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, and people, you know, and, and people that read the headlines and everything, you know, I mean, it's been going on for years. It didn't just start with Trump, you know, like you were saying. Oh, we've no. We've overthrown that no, country no. several times in the past. You know, this of is course. just ongoing, you know. Yeah. And they just keep keep going. But now he comes right out and tells us, you know, but people see the headlines and all the people are starving in Venezuela and all this kind of stuff. But why are they starving? Because we cut off, we put the sanctions on it and, and stop the food and stuff from going there. That's right. That's the same thing in Yemen. All these pictures of starving yeah. babies, they're starving oh, yeah. because it is, it is the U.S. Navy maintaining the illegal blockade on Hodeida port preventing desperately needed humanitarian aid to millions on the brink of death. That's oh, and they are. I mean, I, I put the pictures yes. up for that on, on Facebook, you know, and, and them children, I mean, their bones are sticking right out. I mean, they, Thousands they are. Thousands of babies are dying and by we, the day. And I tell, tell people, this is our tax dollars doing this to these people. Yep. Why yep. people won't rise up against us? Oh. Yeah. It's horrifying. And people are it's so, horrifying. so mind-controlled in this country. They don't know what's going on at all. You know, I don't want I want to, if I could, Evelyn, go ahead and mention it, since you, um, you know, in terms of trying to get the American public activated, there is in Boston, for anyone in the Boston area, on May 5th, there's an APAC dinner. APAC is the Israeli lobby group that is driving all of this policy on behalf of those billionaires. They, we have laws in 24 states that, that require state employees to sign an oath to Israel in order to maintain their employment. That's how Ugh. how much of a grip they have on the U.S. policymakers. 
May 5th, there's going to be a protest at this dinner. It's at the Seaport Hotel, I believe, and I'll be talking about it more. But for anyone, you know, who wants to participate, this is an opportunity to do it. And, you know, we're trying to start get get more of this kind of thing going. Because even as people see others out there protesting, it will plant a seed for them and hopefully inspire others to do it. So we just we just have to get it going. I mean, we, we cannot we are dead meat if we do not, you know, wake up out of this slumber. It is it is a train wreck in motion. Right. You know, and, and it's, it's for real for people because you're explaining, you know, who runs it. But this system is so complex, this globalist system. You know, who is actually at the top, who is commanding all this horrors to occur? You know, right. Most people right. don't understand, you know, I mean, no. I don't understand fully, you know. And so when I see this stuff, you know, all the time, they're making it sound like um, these protests are, are the things that are causing the Venezuelans to go hungry and all this stuff. It's not true. This is all set up to build yes. up to this coup. It's deliberate. You know? Yes. Yeah. And, so- and now what happened to that? What is the name of that guy that declared he's president now down there? Guaido. His name? He's just yeah. some, he's no. never run for public office before. Yeah. I heard he's disappeared now. I was watching uh, a, a video yeah, this I, morning. They're both, After I know. He announced that, he's president. They're both in hiding. I mean, the last time, I think it was one of the Bushes that attempted this. And the, the, the attempt at a coup last time only... Um, succeeded for 48 hours and there the signs it's not looking good for this guy because initially the the venezuelan military publicly um stated their support for maduro there's it's now being portrayed that the military is split but i believe that that's propaganda and that in fact the military is behind maduro and um so i think that and oh, one other thing is um, speaking of Putin earlier. Two two things. One is that in December, after the Bank of England refused to deliver Venezuela's gold upon request, um, the Venice, uh, Putin sent two Russian bombers to Venezuela as protection, and those bombers are still there, as far as I know. Really. And then mm-hmm. um, the other thing is that uh, Maduro hired or, or the, a Russian security firm is now providing protection for Maduro. I don't know at whose expense mm-hmm. or anything like that, or how, what the arrangement is, but they are, it's Russian security. Oh, good, because they, uh, they'll, they'll go ahead and kill him right in plain sight. I mean, look at what they did to Gaddafi. You know, they don't care. I mean, anymore, like I said, they don't even hide it anymore. No, no, no. These leaders right in plain sight for all of us to watch. And without using our tax dollars to do this stuff. Yes. I mean, this makes me feel so helpless, so out of control in the country that I live. It's horrifying. It is a a legit horror show. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and in Yemen, we're behind that. You know, we're funding that. War. That and would like not be said, possible. Those navy those ships. Strikes yeah, those strikes. In it. Yeah. Those, go ahead. I was going to say those Saudi pilots are trained by right. the U.S. military, and not only that, uh, the U.S. Supp- 
supplies the fuel and the coordinates for those strikes. And those strikes, every single one of them is a civilian strike. They, it is a right. school bus, a maternity ward, fish markets, uh, weddings, weddings, funerals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, how do we live in this country? Well, you know, if I if I could afford it, I'd be out of this country. I can't stand it. Yeah. I mean, no, now that I realize what the hell they are doing, you know, yeah, I mean, it's disgraceful. Just genocidal maniacs. But now they just yep. right out in the open. They don't care that we can see it. We can watch it. But now yeah. since Venezuela, I've been waiting for this. I mean, I've seen it coming for years, you know. Yeah. And uh, now it's finally here. And, and but to sit here and there's nothing we can do to stop it. And these poor Although, people, Evelyn, I do poor. like the, the. I think this time is different. I think we are seeing all the signs that, you know, the world is waking up and getting really pissed off. This Gilet Jaunes was a legit organic movement, and it's the first one that we've seen. It's spreading all over Europe. The banker class is terrified. They've even started their own attempt to counter it with these ridiculous red scarves. And there are all these, like, rich dummies out there supporting Macron. (laughs) It's just the most absurd thing imaginable. Now we see Venezuela. People, like, immediately figured out what was going on there and exposed. They lost that U.N. Security Council vote. I mean, they've lost in Syria. They've been exposed completely on the funding of the terrorists there. The Saudi Arabia is collapsing, which is one of the U.S.'s only allies in the region. Israel, the um, indictments are expected any moment on Netanyahu. Really? The guy lost his... um, coalition in the Knesset. He's had to call emergency elections. Uh, he's under threat of being indicted on three different um, corruption cases. His wife already went to trial on corruption. I mean, the whole thing is just falling apart. And we see and what happened in that trial. More that his wife... What's that? What happened in that trial with, when his wife went on trial? What happened in that trial? There's been no decision of which I'm aware that still that was back in October, and I don't know how long it takes. But for Netanyahu, the um, question of whether or not he will be indicted is coming at any moment. Okay. Now, now we sit here, you know, and and I get, okay, our country, the United States, is the biggest terrorist on this planet, you know. And we sit here, and we think, well— other people won't blame us citizens, you know, because they must realize we can't stop these, stop these monsters, you know. Well, what about uh-huh. Israel? You know, are the Israel people, are they against Netanyahu? They are. Are they against this so, slaughtering of innocent yes, Palestinians? Well, they're against Netanyahu for different reasons. So um, there is a core group of Israelis, very prominent Israelis, who have been speaking out for years and years and years against Netanyahu, one of whom is, goes, is his name is Miko Paled. Miko Paled was an IDF soldier. His father was an IDF general who also investigated the USS Liberty attack. 
by Israel. And then his grandfather is, was Avram Katznelson, who was a signatory to the Israeli Declaration of Independence. Okay, so he's the kind of person you would consider Zionist royalty, right? Well, okay. his father, the general, when he did his investigation of the USS Liberty attack, learned that it was, in fact, Israel that tried to sink that ship, not Egypt, as Israel claimed. His father okay. became a very, very vocal supporter of the Palestinians against the occupation of the Golan Heights, as well as numerous other policies of the um, Israeli government. Miko Paled, the son, has also spent his life speaking out against Israeli terrorism and their brutality against Palestinians. Miko Paled's sister, Nurit, is an Israeli professor. She speaks out, um, has spent her life speaking out against the Israeli attempts to literally erase Palestinian history. She, she, she goes through about how, like, literally there are blank pages one after the other in the school books about Palestinian, where that used to have content about Palestinian history. Her daughter was actually assassinated. Her 13-year-old daughter was assassinated really? in a terrorist attack that um, is believed to have been retaliation for their family speaking out. There's um, Norm Finkelstein, Yonatan Shapira. There's a whole lot of Israeli Jews who speak out against the state of Israel altogether. They oppose the state of Israel at all. Then there is a whole group of Israelis in um, occupied Palestine that oppose the Netanyahu government. And they oppose him for different reasons, um, but, but it's a huge number. He, he has, he, he's very unpopular at this point in Israel. One of the reasons he's opposed most largely is for corruption, and these three cases are just examples of that. His own police chiefs unanimously recommended he be indicted on at least one of those cases. So we're not talking about outsiders being critical of Netanyahu. We're talking about his own police chiefs, and not just a few of them or half of them, but all of them, every single one recommended really? to be indicted. That's really powerful, yes. So wow. um, he's also, he lost his uh, coalition in the Knesset, which is the Israeli version of like a parliament. He, but it was because he is not willing, he, he knows he can't withstand a straight-up genocide on the Palestinians in Gaza. And that's what... Um, his former defense minister, Abigdor Lieberman, wanted to literally just nuke Gaza and blow up everyone in there back in October when they had that failed assassination attempt on Hamas and got caught. So Abigdor Lieberman resigned in protest and then withdrew his party's support for Netanyahu's coalition. At the same time, um, Neftali Bennett, who's the Minister of Education, uh, withdrew his party's support for Netanyahu in the Knesset. Well, these two parties of Abigdor Lieberman and Neftali Bennett are 
far, far more racist than even the Likud party, which is Netanyahu's party. And they, they withdrew their support because they want to nuke Gaza. They literally speak openly about exterminating the Palestinians. So, um, no, this this is the point I was making. Now, are the Israeli people, the people that live in Israel, see, I'm not good at this at all. Do they approve of this? Do they approve of this slaughtering these people in Gaza? Many of them do. And one of the things that Nareet Khaled talks about in terms of the education system there is that not only is Palestinian history erased from the school books, but the, the Jews in Israel are indoctrinated from the very start to view Palestinians as terrorists and less than human. So their entire education is geared around that. And, and if you, you know, when I've seen interviews of um, Israeli youth in occupied territory, I mean, their ignorance is really very apparent. They, I mean, they're not being educated in any way, shape, or form. They're they're simply being indoctrinated, which is the case here well, right. in the U.S. too. But um, well, isn't is their media general... really censored over there in Israel? Yeah, 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 yeah. Is it? Yeah. When you yes. say they're uneducated, are... is this why? Oh yes. Okay. Yeah. So so the, so, how how effective is this censorship? In Israel. I mean, if you think of how effective it is here in the U.S., and then consider um, that it's a much smaller population that they're controlling the content reaching, it's, you know, they're going to be far more effective. So it's, it's almost complete. What is, what is the population of Israel? Do you know offhand? That's a good question. You know, because there are so many dual Israeli citizens, all you have to do is look at our Congress, and and you've got a couple dozen right there. So not all Israelis live in Israel. And I don't, you know, uh, there are are many Israelis are are living in occupied territory, so they're not even legitimate. It's not even legitimate. You know what I'm saying? They're actually, they would actually, they're actually right. Palestinian. They're not, <laughs> they're in Palestinian land. So they're not Israeli. So I, I that's, right. it's, a, it's only in the hand. It's like maybe a few million. It's not that many. It's, it's really? maybe five, seven million, something like that. Yeah. What is the, what is the population of, of um, Venezuela? I, I heard it. I've been listening to videos, but I forget. It's not, it's not I that do not big know. either, is it? I couldn't even guess. No. I don't know. No. But, yeah, I mean, if people see, I mean, what we did to Libya, I mean, Libya was the, was the best country in Africa. Yeah, you know? the wealthiest we destroyed nation that on country. the African continent. Yes. Yes. And they paid and for all of their country. education, health care, yes. free um, electricity. Every couple got land when they got married. They got um, a stipend a when they had yeah. a child. Um, and all of it was paid for with Libyan oil, which is exactly what yes. you want. That's a self-sustaining yes. government. And that's exactly what Venezuela was. But th- that's not good for the bankers. They want they no. want that for themselves. Right, right, right. I mean, yeah, when I read about how good they had it in Libya, my God, I would have moved there. Yeah. <laughs> they, 
they had it made in Libya compared yep. to uh, us here. Like you said, all their education, their health care, everything, and, and stipend when they get married, it's stipend when they buy a house, their gas was dirt cheap, their electricity, electricity free. My God, these people had it made, and we destroyed it. Hillary yep. at the helm. They've got a thriving slave market now. Yeah, yeah, that's what they're doing. Now, wait out in the open, eh? Four hundred dollars yep. for a man? Oh, that's yep. horrible. That's what the and UN migration is, Evelyn. Yeah, yeah. This that's is what I was that. asking about the Israelis, you know, because in this country, you know, I'm as mad at this country as anybody in this whole globe at what we're doing to people, you know. But yeah. but I can't stand it. But I can't stop it. I've done everything I can think of to stop it. And, and we can't. Yeah, it's just going to take more of us. It's sheer numbers. Yeah. Sheer numbers. Yeah. Well, let's move into this. Why don't we this, talk about uh, some next... of the vaccines and all oh, that yeah. going on this? Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. But the, but the next topic I'm going to talk about is this is abortion law in New York. Yeah. This is outright genocide for yeah. the whole world to watch. I mean, my yep. God. And then they, then they light up the Twin Towers in pink to celebrate this. I mean, this they can give abortion right up to the time of birth. I mean, I, I have to admit, I, I, I feel very guilty. I used to be pro-choice, you know, back, in the, back when this was Roe versus Wade was passed and stuff. And, but, you know, until the last couple of years, honest to God, I thought these abortions were done in the first two or three months of pregnancy. I never knew what was going on. You know, yeah. when they did those I, undercover visit videos and stuff and seen this of them ripping these babies out, you know, it's outright murder. And now they yeah. passed it so that the, the the woman can say she wants an abortion right up to the day of birth. People, do you realize this? This is outright murder of these babies. It's horrifying. Oh. It's disgraceful. Oh. And, you know, along those lines, Evelyn, there was back in 2012, um, you know, as if partial birth abortion isn't bad enough, there's this yeah. move um, toward after birth abortion, which is infanticide. I mean, it's just it's like the yeah. CIA saying, oh, no, we don't conduct assassinations. They're just targeted killings. It's like it's the same thing. You just gave it a different yeah. name. And then what their argument this is the slippery slope that we constantly see ourselves going down, just like with the transgender stuff. They're, they're oh. saying that there is no moral consideration because, you know, if there isn't one for an infant in utero, then how could, how could there be an ethical consideration to a, new, to a newborn which doesn't necessarily have a right to life? I mean, just the, and these are philosophers, not even doctors. And, and this is, again, part of this whole systematic desensitization of the public where they use, you know, experts and science to justify this stuff when it's, yeah. you know, clearly beyond moral consideration. Oh, absolutely. I mean, this is, this is horrifying. Absolutely horrifying. And, and two now, and they're making it, and I think why this is, now they're making it so that, it, it, according to that law, that um, other people can perform these, like midwives or physician's assistants, nurse's assistants. Yeah. So, you know what it is? These doctors are, 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 don't want to do this no more. And I'm, I'm sure that's why they put that in this bill. Yeah. Because these doctors yeah. uh, don't want to do this anymore. But this is, you know, and, and I heard yesterday 
that um, there were more abortions in New York last year than were babies born. It surpassed. Oh, God. They're killing more babies than are born in New York already. And that was that's before this law was passed. So in those wow. videos that they show, uh, that these, these Planned Parenthood and stuff is selling these baby parts to people. It's big and money. they want these babies born alive. I mean, they sell these baby parts. I mean, I used to have it. I used to have the figures on how much money they're making off of these baby parts and stuff. But this just opens it up to more of this. There was a there was um, during the Obama administration, the um, Isais family from Ecuador fled Ecuador after having stolen about $400 million from them, came to the United States under protection of Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama, set up Da Vinci Biosciences, which went on to buy all those baby parts illegally and sell them. And they have never been, they got caught. But no convictions, no extradition, nothing, no punishment whatsoever. And they were making a fortune off of those selling those baby parts. Was that last year that they raided that that company and found all those baby parts? That was a different, that was a body parts broker in Oregon, I believe, that was raided by the FBI. But uh, that was different. Wow. Ugh. Well, um, Alabama Supreme Court just um, sent a ruling down saying that an unborn baby is a person and not simply a fetus. So in different states, they're fighting against this. Well, thank goodness. I mean, the idea that it's a woman do this. I mean, really. And and they're doing it, you know, but how could a woman do this? Kill her. I I really don't know. And one of the arguments, Evelyn, in this, this, um, paper, the academic paper about post-birth abortion is that the mother may not be able to, may feel she can't withstand the trauma of uh, giving up the baby for adoption. It's like, wait a oh. minute here. You're saying it's less oh. traumatic to kill your baby than it is to give it up for abortion? I mean, for adoption? Are you kidding me? Like, who oh in whose mind? Would think that. Uh, I, I, I don't know. Is, we're talking a full-term baby, one that has been born. Not, you know, yeah. again, we're not talking the first few weeks of pregnancy. We're talking a full-term right. born baby that a mother decides, oh, I can't bear to give it up for adoption, so I'll just kill it. Really? Oh, I know it. I know it. Well, on those videos that th- that group made, that they they had um, people talking about when their babies are born alive, and they just kill them after oh, they're born gosh. alive. I, I they snap the snap so their, their spinal cord. No God, and I forget what other Jeez. things, or they just leave them lay there and die too. Oh God, I know it. This oh, this abortion sick um, sick still genocide. And now, yeah. then, following this, I had this: the U.S. Uh, startup company is harvesting blood of the young to sell to the rich. There's the next thing: startup charges yeah. eight thousand dollars for one liter of young blood and twelve thousand dollars for two. And explain to me how that is done ethically. Explain. I don't know. 
how they're getting this blood from these young people, but they say it hopes to combat the aging process by harvesting the blood of young people and transfusing into older, wealthy ones. Yeah. So this is what's going on. The company's called Ambrosia. Has uh, five clinics now. And this ain't approved by the FDA or anything, this treatment or whatever you want to call it. They, They haven't even released, they've done one clinical study, and they haven't even released the results of that. But people are lining up and going and having it. Having this done. Oh, this sick. It's so sick. Country. Oh, but but this abortion law, and then and then them celebrating it, and 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 now that Cuomo, he's a Catholic, and the the Catholics are trying to have him excommunicated, so they're celebrating this. Mm. It's so How scary low where we're at. It is so scary where we are at. It really so, is. Yes. Yeah, so, so this it really is. So, like, like they said about this, this uh, new company, they don't know what it, what the effects are of doing this, or and they said fifty percent of patients have bad side effects from regular transfusion. From regular transfusion. So now you're doing this with somebody else's blood. How do they know what's right. going to happen to these people? Right. These are the wealthy, rich people doing this. Well, yeah, you or I couldn't afford $8,000 for a liter of no. blood. No, but Kim Kardashian, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All those guys. Yeah, yeah. they bring up that bit. That she, her and Madonna supposedly bathing in a hotel in, in tubs of blood. Yeah. This is yep. insane. So then, well, let's go, down, let's go down to the drinking water in this country. This is this is beyond belief too. People people don't get this at all either. Starting out with the, these drugs that are in the drinking water. Now, how do people know when all these drugs are in these in the drinking water? How they affect with each other? Right. I mean, when they test the sources of these water, some of these drugs are in every single sample they take. I think wow. it's, I think it's like a diabetes drug and a cholesterol drug and a blood pressure drug is in every sample that they take. Wow. So this is what people are drinking. Yeah, oh. just on a daily basis. Yeah. And yeah. then you add the fluoride, and then you, which is toxic. Well, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, then you go down in, in the plastic bottles now. They're saying that those those are unhealthy. That they have, well, they said that the pharmaceutical drugs can still turn up in, in the um, water in the plastic bottles. Right. Well, imagine if you're drinking this water and you're getting all these all these medications in you. I mean, I I reported for years on the drug company and all the different drugs and the side effects and all this. And you mix all these drugs together and the side effects that go with them. Yeah, I especially don't know when you're talking about children, bodies. like people use that for their you know infant formula. Yes, you know? yes. I mean, yes, yes. Imagine, <clears throat> horrifying. Yeah. It is. My my good friend and sometimes co-author Martha Rosenberg puts out good articles on this, and she tells about all how bad it is all over the country. Yeah, well, you see, we you know, see and, reduced sperm counts in men, right? And oh, absolutely. Has to do oh, yes. With that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm looking at an article in Martha's, and she said as back as far as 1999, the U.S. Geological Survey, survey found antibiotics, antidepressants, blood thinners, heart medications, um, Hormones and painkillers, all in waterways back then. In wow. in 1999, and she says by wow. 2008, uh, 
reported 46 million Americans were drinking water containing psychiatric, cholesterol, asthma, epilepsy, heart, and pain drugs, as well as antibiotics by 2008. And here we are now, 11 years later, and they've not done nothing about this. So here we are. All these drugs. And then somebody like me that's gone completely organic and everything, and I don't take any pharma poisons, not even aspirin. But in my drinking water, I'm getting all this? Right, right. Well, I drink bottled water, but as we see, they say that that isn't safe either. Yeah. Pretty scary. Pretty scary. It is. And she, and you know, and, and then Martha writes, too, about, you know, the livestock operations, factory farms are a big oh, source yeah. of the drugs in the water. Yeah. All those antibiotics, you know, go pour, yeah. and those, and those, uh, when they, what else do they give them? They give them the hormones. Uh, hormones, yeah, yeah, and antibiotics, and then. She says nitrate-tainted fertilizer. So that all runs off yep. into the water. Yeah. So so mm-hmm. I, I had a bunch of articles here, and it, and it goes on, you know, through the years. They find it every year. Every time they do these studies, they find it. And here we are. You know, and this, this, this study was from back in 2003, and it took 50 large-sized wastewater treatment plants nationwide, tested for 56-flood drugs, including oxycodone, high blood pressure, and over-the-counter drugs like Tylenol and ibuprofen. More than half of the samples tested positive for at least 25 drugs monitored. High blood pressure medications appeared in the high concentrations and most frequently. So putting these poisons into us in our drinking water, and they won't do mm. anything about it to stop it. <laughs> yeah, what you're talking about is that estrogen endocrine disruptors. Those are the ones that are messing up everybody's reproductive systems. Right, and, that, and when they're synthetic yeah. like that, you know, hormones, even a very subtle change in hormones has a powerful systemic effect on a person's body. And the thing with those hormones that are used in the um, factory farming, as well as the, um, they're in the plastics, those are also xenoestrogens. They're, they're synthetic. They act like estrogens in the body. But because they're synthetic, they're persistent, and they don't break down over time the way a natural hormone would be metabolized by the liver. So these continue circulating and having estrogenic effects on your body for much longer periods of time and and then as a result have much more serious and negative effects as a result. Right. And we sit here, you know, we talk about the drugs and how they're getting into the water. You know, we can, the government can say, well, we can't help that. You know, that, that happened, you know, as a natural result of society, you know, of using these drugs and going to the bathroom and then in the factory farming and all this. But not so with the fluoride. You know, here in America, oh, yeah. we can't even get them to stop putting fluoride in our water. Yeah, the um, Cochrane collaboration in, I think it was like 2014. It was it was recently. Um, did they're, they're considered the gold standard of uh, scientific review, and they do their work for purposes of advising um, communities on public policy. So their their whole focus is geared toward, you know, identifying the efficacy of certain practices and their um, safety. Well, 
they did this study, this review of all of the evidence regarding the fluoridation of water and its effect on cavities. Well, despite the fact that the ADA, the American Dental Association, continues to post on its website that there are thousands of studies that show its efficacy, the American Dental Association is an industry trade group serving the dental industry, not the patients, you and me. This is not a government agency that is designed to protect you. They're designed to help dentists and companies that make stuff that dentists use make money. So the Cochrane Group went in search of all of these studies and, in fact, contacted the ADA to ask where these studies actually resided, never got a response, and discovered that, in fact, there were all of two that had ever been done that were legitimate. So they reviewed these two studies and found not only was there no evidence that fluoridation of water actually reduces cavities in adults, but they found that 65% of African Americans are suffering from fluoride poisoning, and a third or so of Caucasian Americans are suffering from fluoride poisoning, which causes things like ADHD, underactive thyroid, and Um, all kinds of other health issues. And yet, when you bring it to a town's attention that, in fact, we are poisoning our children by doing this, why don't we stop until we get more information? You get the reaction of, oh, yeah, we'd have to have a ballot initiative to change that. And it's just like, you know, you mentioned earlier about Americans. It's like, wow, you know, in what world does that reaction about the fact that there is solid evidence your children are being poisoned deliberately and we know what the source is and you would choose not to stop. Right. And and what I don't understand is it says you're a study. I didn't even know this study in the journal general dentistry warns that infants are at risk of dental fluorosis due to overexposure from fluoride in commercially available infant foods. The researchers analyzed 360 different samples of 20 different foods ranging from fruits and vegetables, chicken, turkey, beef, and vegetarian dinners. Chicken products had the highest concentration of fluoride, followed by turkey. Wow. This this is in baby food. Right. I mean, yeah, they're poisoning our children. Well, they're killing them in the womb up to birth now, and then they're poisoning them in the food and water that they give them. And the vaccine. Our children are the most vaccinated in the world, and they have the highest infant death rate, too. Yep, yep. And and the thing is, uh, we're going to run out of time, so I want to get this in for sure. Um, There's a doctor now, Ron Kennedy, in in California that is suing the medical board out there because they got the mandatory vaccines out there, and they want to force everybody to get their kids vaccinated. So you have to get exemptions. There's only one exemption that you can get from a doctor. Well, the doctors that were given those exemptions are taken out of business. They're taking their medical licenses away, the medical board, so that you don't have anybody that you can go and get an exemption from. So that means that they can poison all the children with them vaccines because no doctor, and especially upon hearing now that they're going after these doctors, doctors that were writing exemptions won't anymore in California. And so this is what they're doing. So anyhow, he is suing the medical board, this Dr. Ron Kennedy, because, they're, because they ran this. 
Dr. Sears out of business. Um, he was writing exemptions. And so Dr. Kennedy started writing exemptions. So a lot of people are coming to him. And now he knows they're going to come after him. So he's suing the medical board because they're destroying whole careers now. The, the doctors, the quacks that won't poison these children with vaccines, they'll take their medical license away. This is what it's down to, well, this genocide. And, yeah, and what, and the thing, you know, you've spoken about repeatedly on your program, Evelyn, is, you know, last summer, Robert F. Kennedy had sued the Department of Health and Human Services to see the required safety surveys that they are um, supposed to conduct every two years and submit to Congress. This is for the last 30 years. And he discovered they had never done it a single time since they had been required. Not one safety survey in 30 years. And during that time, I believe there were something like seven approved vaccines. Now it's quadruple that. And yet not one. We not only don't know the safety of these individual vaccines among adults, much less children, but then you're talking about combining them four and five at a time are being given to these children. Yeah, little infants. Well, here our time's up. But yeah, well, hopefully we educated the people about what is going on here in this country. So thanks a lot, Trish. Thank you. Have a next week, people. Bye-bye. Then as I get older Piece and pieces Bloody and bruised